What is up? Welcome back to another episode of The Boss Life with Bonds. I'm your host, Siobhan Bonnie Patterson. And today we're talking about getting out of survival mode. Um, we're going to talk about what survival mode is, what it looks like, um, how it is actually ruining your future and how excuse me, what you can do to get out of it. Practical tips and advice. So real quick, if you're not already following, uh, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button here on YouTube. If you are listening to this on a podcast link that somebody sent you, go ahead and follow and subscribe if you like what you're hearing and share this episode with anybody who you think is in survival mode or living there and help them break free of this toxic cycle that keeps so many people stuck and not reaching their full potential. So let's go ahead and dive right in. How to, what is survival mode? How do we get there? What does it look like? That sort of thing. So I have a whole bunch of notes, right, to be a professional and to take this, you know, respect your time. But I also just want to speak from the heart today. And I'm going to start by telling you a story. One of my team members, right, has reached out to me letting me know that she needs to take a break. And I fully respect that and I want her to, I need her to. And what I found is funny is the first thing that comes up to my mind is, well, I haven't gotten a break. And and granted, I've had you know several trips over the last whatever this year, but none of them were really breaks from the business, and none of the and they most certainly were not breaks from feeling like I was on edge and in full on survival mode. And she said, I feel weak for needing to take that break. And I admire her because I know that I am a lot to work with beside and, um, you know, just in general. And so for her to be able to come to me knowing everything that I just said, you know, I don't take breaks really, single mom, running this thing, like just on on overdrive for for forever, um, I had to explain to her something. And And I said this to a friend, I haven't said this phrase in front of a lot of people. So hear me out, guys. When it comes to being in survival mode, everybody's survival mode looks different. Um, In survival mode, what I mean by that phrase is that you are in a fight or flight, um, almost freeze state for a prolonged period of time. Now this fight or flight um, or stress mode or your, your sympathetic nervous system being activated, the one that switches on that starts pumping blood to your legs and your brain and your arms, right? Blood starts pumping to your extremities, your heart rate increases. And the reason for this is because this is your human response to, hey, something's going on, I gotta defend myself. Blood goes to the arms so that you can protect yourself. Blood goes to the legs so that you can take off. And you're not supposed to be in this state for very long, right? This is something that was supposed to help humans survive while we lived with animals, but it has stayed there. We call that your critter brain or your reptilian brain. You are on high alert, you are worried, you're always looking for trouble, you're always looking for something to attack you and and because you're trying to protect yourself. So I want you to take that example and translate it into modern day times right here and now where if you're in survival mode, what it may look like is you, if you, you notice people whose feet are always tapping, I say this as mine are now. This may or may not be a sign that someone's in survival mode, but when you think about the physiological changes that happen within someone's body, feet tapping would be one of them. Um, and then maybe someone that fidgets with their arm, with their fingers a lot, right? That could be a sign of ADHD or ADD or a million other things, right? But when you know how the body works, how the nervous system works, you can start to look and see those signs. I'm a Toastmaster. So I can see when someone's giving a speech if their hands and their legs, if they're nervous because they're in the sympathetic state. 
the sympathetic nervous system has been activated and they are they are on high alert because not because they are afraid that someone's going to attack them, but their body is afraid there, there's, it, it doesn't have a small fear, big fear, or a real fear, perceived fear thing. Because remember, some of these automated responses are part of your subconscious mind's job to just do it so that you don't have to think about it. And because your subconscious doesn't know the difference between perceived threats and real threats, this is how this very, um, I almost said ritualistic, this very ancient, is that the word I wanna use? No, primitive, there we go, this very primitive human defense mechanism still is activated within us even when there's not real saber-toothed tigers, lions, and dinosaurs or whatever chasing us. It still gets activated when there is a perceived threat. And so I want you, uh, when I was saying that, right, that when you're in this state, you're, you're hypervigilant, you're on high alert, and you're looking for, for trouble, this has been the summation of my life where I noticed that when I'm looking out into the world, when I'm walking through the neighborhood, I'm looking for snakes. Why? Because I'm on high alert, right? I am looking for ways that something could go wrong. This is a natural state that I have lived in the majority of my life and I didn't even realize it. And so I want you to stop and ask yourself, do you do the same thing? When you're walking, when you're existing, when you're scrolling, like there's people on the internet who literally look, they don't comment a damn thing until they see something that triggers them and then they spaz. They're out there on the on the patrol looking for bad things. They're looking for ways to be triggered. They're looking for ways to be activated. They're on high alert probably within in, inside themselves. So I thought that was a really cool analogy because I caught myself where I'll be looking and walking and looking for snakes. And it's like, why can't you just enjoy, you know, nature? If you see a snake, okay, cool. But let's not take away from the beautiful lake view. Let's not take away from the beautiful grass and just the ambiance of, of where you live because you're always looking for snakes. But that's how I operate because that's all I've ever known. And this may not be your story. You may not live in Florida where there's snakes by every body of water and you may not be hypervigilant like that, but maybe in your real life, you're always looking for the other shoe to drop. You're always looking for what's gonna go wrong. And when we do that, we keep ourselves in that state, in that hyper alert state. And now the physiological effects, I've got a whole free course that I put together on that. It was actually part of um, our health coaching course. And it's about the, the metabolic effects of stress on your body, especially when it's prolonged, um, what it does. So I already explained what it does to for your blood, right? And for your heart rate. But while it's doing that, nothing else matters. While you are in this state, things like burning fat is not a priority. Things like being able to think rationally or having access to all of the resources that you have stored in your brain, right? Maybe you have a lot of scripture that you usually recite when things go wrong, or maybe you have a lot of you know, memories about good times that you could channel in so that you could focus and remember You know, there are good things to enjoy in life. Whatever it is, we all have our, we should hopefully have some kind of toolkit resources within us that help bring us back to normalcy, that help remind us everything is going to be okay. And when we are able to do that, like when we're able to tap into that, we're able to come back down to a normal place. But when you're in the stress state, you don't have access to those tools. Why? Because you're in survival mode and you're not worried about how to calm down. You're not worried about how to problem solve. You're worried about how to survive. And even though you may not be in the jungle, you may not be in the wild, this is a very, very real reality for many people. And when you live like this, you don't even realize that you're living in survival mode. It's just the norm for you. 
And so if that is you, this episode is going to continue to shine some light on what it has been like for me living in survival mode. And I'm also gonna shed some light for my women of color, um, how that affects us and, and what I told to my team member who's not a woman of color. This is what I told her. I was like, listen, please don't feel weak because you need to take a break. Because taking a break is not a sign of weakness, that's self-care, it's proactivity, it's responsible. It's not waiting until the shit hits the fan uh, to tell me, hey, by the way, I gotta go, which is what has happened traditionally. People wait till their breaking point and then they just, they not they just step down, but they step down. And again, I respect everybody's, like we, we, we get to do those things. There's no hard feelings whatsoever. Um, but what I'm learning in my own journey, what I have learned about getting out of survival mode is that you don't wait to ask for help, right? And I've had to learn this lesson over and over again. And when I say I have to learn it over and over again, I learn it and I'm like, okay, got it. Never do that again. And then do it again anyways, because I don't realize I'm doing it because it has been programmed and I've been conditioned to function that way. Like try to figure it out, try to figure it out, try to figure it out. Okay, I can't figure it out. Now I have to ask other people for help. And it's so bad now at this point that it would have been so much easier for people to help me had I not waited till I got to that point. So I told her I was very grateful that she took the initiative to take some time off instead of waiting for it to be, hey, I need to step down permanently, right? But this is what I told her. I said, please don't feel weak about doing this because in the grand scheme of things, right? Because it caused me to self-reflect. I was like, well, why the hell have, why haven't I taken a break? What am I doing? Like, and I have, I've, I've taken emergency breaks, but they were emergency breaks. They were ones that were not planned, kind of like what she did. Um, but they were like, if I, I can't keep going, if I do, I'm gonna snap. I can't do this anymore, right? And um, I told her, or I was reflecting and I'm like, yeah, why do I go, 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 go until I can't go anymore? Look at her being responsible. And it hit me, I was like, well, if you want to be technical, if you really want to get to the root, root, root of things, I'm a descendant of slaves, right? My grandmother, my great-grandmother, my, my, my great-grandmother, she's born in 1912. So that means that her mother had to have been born sometime before then, sometime in the 1800s. So that means her mother. Okay, so my great-great-great-grandmother was a slave. We lived, all my family's from the South, so I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And when I thought about what happens, I'm getting ahead of my story, but when I thought about what happens to women back then when they didn't perform well, right? When, they, when things weren't going right in their life, and this is where I wanna interject. This is where I should have started with. I read an article recently that said, black women don't experience depression and burnout the same way other people do. We just assume that we're failing, that we're not doing good enough. And so from there, I started to think about where, what did my ancestors do when they weren't performing good enough for their master? And I was like, oh, they got their asses whooped or they got sold. So in order, their survival mode, in order to not get their asses whooped or to not get sold, right? Or publicly humiliated, um, what did they do? They worked harder. And so it is ingrained. I'm not saying that that's the case for every single black woman or anything like that. Like I'm not giving people an excuse to just to whatever, to burn themselves out. But what it's very important to consider what's going on beneath the surface. What are, what are the conditioning patterns and the beliefs of this, this person that is so hard for them to break this cycle, especially me, right? Me specifically. And I'm like, well, my ancestors are slaves. If they, you know, felt they didn't have the luxury, this is also something that I've said this week that I haven't said out loud. 
Women of color, we don't have the luxury, usually, traditionally, historically speaking, we do now more so than we did back then, but we weren't afforded that luxury of just being able to take time off. Think about it. Like, our husbands were being jailed, killed, not paid nearly as much as, you know, white men. So there, I've always tried to figure out like what happened from, you know, our, our black community that was fighting hard for civil rights that somehow became the black men that are always in jail and on drugs. And I'm like, that's peculiar. Just two generations ago, coming from like the 80s perspective, right? Before the crack pandemic, just two generations ago, right? Our men were in the streets, they were marching, they were Black Panthers, they were trying to fight for our equality. And somewhere that just two generations later, three generations later, 90s, oh, black men always in jail, gangbangers this, crack this, crack that. And I'm like, how the fuck did we go from that to this? And it's because all of the, 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 the racial inequalities and injustices here in America, right? And so black women have, ever since we've been free, had to worry about things like, is my kid gonna be okay in this segregated school or integrated school? Is my husband, if you ever seen Malcolm X, one of the, oh my God, that movie just messes with me so much. But like Malcolm X's father was tied to train tracks and killed, didn't get his insurance policy because they said it was a suicide. So this is the kind of fuckery that our people have faced in this country, never knowing that people, people that weren't of color, white people could do literally whatever they wanted to you and it would be okay. So this is the mindset that is in our heads. I've already told you what the mindset of a slave was. Like, hey, if you don't work harder, you just get to work fucking harder so that you don't lose your family or get beaten. And then we're free. And then it's like, okay, cool, you're free. But also they can still do whatever the fuck they want to you. That is a level of stress that no other, at least here in America, uh, group of people have to deal with right? The microaggressions that we deal with when we're out and about, people judging you. And that happens to every race, cool, 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 but more so African-Americans. And you know that. When I'm in stores, I notice that people come and follow me around. If I'm in the self-checkout lane, people come and make sure, you know, just, oh, if you need any help or anything. And I'm like, I know why you're here. So, and again, these things can happen to anyone, but Everything else that I've added, because I already know people listening to this, they're gonna be like, oh, well, that's da, da, da. cool, cool. Yeah, it can happen to anyone. But everything else that I said, is that is that a part of the story too? No, it's not. So let me make this very clear, unique case for the chronic stress, the high level chronic stress that African-American women face, right? From all the way from the slave, all the way to the, the civil rights movement, all the way to where we are now, there is some deeply embedded stress and lifestyle complications that other women don't have to carry, luckily. So when my team member said she felt weak, I'm like, you're not weak. We're just not, like, we're not we're not coming from the same starting place. Um, she also has a husband, right? So she has that luxury to be able to stop. Tradition, not traditionally, just statistically speaking, most African-American women, uh, not most, Lord, that sounds terrible. A lot of us have been single moms or grew up being raised by a single mom or we're taking care of the family because we didn't have an inheritance to leave down. We did, like there's just so many different cultural dynamics that can contribute to the chronic stress and also the tougher skin that we have. And then also again, 
embedded within us this this idea that we don't stop working because it could be detrimental to our family and to our physical well-being. So now that I have painted this very clear, beautiful picture for you, I hope that we're on the same page here um, about how someone may be stuck in survival mode. I used my own example because I'm a woman of color, but maybe I know that women not of color still have their own version of survival mode. Um, women all across the world, we have our own whole separate level of survival where it's like, be meek, play the game, don't ruffle feathers, play the, play the man's game, whatever, whatever. So we all, we all have different levels of survival mode that we are stuck in so that we can survive. And so I wanted my, my coworker, to, my, my team member to know like, you're not weak. We're, it's just two totally different, two, two, com, you're comparing apples to oranges. And so when you, if you're someone that's in survival mode and, and you probably do what, what I've done, I compare myself to my grandmother and I'm like, oh, well, she, she did this, this, that, and the other, and, did it and how come she's not taking breaks and she's not crying? That's not, no. First of all, give yourself some grace. Don't compare yourself to someone whose plight is considerably harder than yours and then say, well, well, they can handle that. Yeah, they can handle it because they probably didn't have a choice. So if you do have a choice, I want you to give yourself permission to slow the fuck down and lighten your load, which is point number one. I've got um, some examples of practical work and spiritual work that you can work through to get out of survival mode. But step number one is lighten your load. When women reach out to me regarding life coaching or any sort of coaching and I hear their stories, I hear what they're going through. The first thing that I tell them is like, how can you make your life simpler right now? Because if you continue to function the way that you are, it's never going to get any better because you cannot change a situation from the same level of consciousness that created it. So if your level of consciousness was created because you had way too many things on your plate and the decisions that you were making were not necessarily the best decisions, but what you could make at that time, the very best thing for you to do is to lighten your load so that you can think straight again. Because remember, when you're in stress state, you don't have access to all of your resources, right? And by resources, I just mean what's available to you. When I'm not stressed and when I'm calmed down and I can really process my thoughts, I'm able to plan better. I'm able to plan ahead, further ahead. Um, it just, it just, I'm in a better place, right? I can see a little bit more clearly. We don't see clearly in survival mode. We're just, what's the next step? What can I do? How do I pay my rent this month? How do I uh, get through this week, this miserable job where I'm being sexually you know, harassed? Like I was in survival mode at a job where I was working all the time and I was stressed and I was sad and I had a boss who made life very hard on me and who harassed me and uh, used dangled his power ahead of me. And so I was in survival mode. It was like, how can I just get through this shift? How can I just get through this week? And I work with women who this is their normal state of being. How can, just got to make it through. They come to their training sessions depleted of energy, mentally and physically. And it's like, I just got to get through this. I just got to get through this. And while yes, this is admirable, right? You're not giving up but it's also creating a cycle of, I just gotta get through this. Because if you're only thinking of, I just gotta get through this, you're not thinking of what's gonna happen when I get through this. So my next tip to you would be not, I just gotta get through this. I want you to start thinking, what will I do when? This single question is so powerful because it takes you out of the problem. It takes you out of your current circumstances because what you focus on expands. And if you're in survival mode and the only thing that you're focusing on is the stress around you, the unfortunate situation around you, all these things, it's going to make it very hard for you to plan ahead. So the 
the best thing that you can do is lighten your load and start planning for what you're going to do once you get out of this situation. Uh, point number two is focus on your core needs. We sometimes, especially women, because caretaking is like an innate trait for us, we get so caught up on making sure that everyone else is okay because subconsciously we wish, like, or we wish that that would be us. We wish someone would take care of us. So we still have these do-gooder hearts that are like, I'm doing this because I know that this is what I would want someone to do for me. And that is well, and that is beautiful, and that was great. However, sometimes we can be so generous and so loving and so caring to a fault. My son, my oldest son told me this. Um, he said this the other day, he goes, mom, you are compassionate almost to a fault. And so some of us are so compassionate, so giving, so caring, almost to a fault where we put ourselves on the back burner and we are no longer a priority. When we're no longer a priority, um, it's, it's, it, it makes it very hard to see what the next step is for you after survival. If your core needs aren't met, you most certainly cannot serve other people. You're not going to have, again, it's the pouring from an empty cup thing. You're not going to be able to serve if you don't have anything to give. So putting your core needs first it's going to be a big step for some of you guys, but it's going to be so freaking crucial and beneficial to your to you getting out of survival mode. Number three, and I mentioned this in the beginning, ask for help. Ask for help ahead of time. Often, like again, if we think we wait to the last minute, people will be more sympathetic towards us. Um, but what it looks like is you're you're begging, and nobody really likes to to help people that beg. I know it sounds crazy, like you think people would feel sorry for you, but you don't want people to feel sorry for you. When you do it ahead of time, like, hey, I looked at my finances, I looked at my schedule, I looked at my, you know, whatever it is, usually finances and schedule are the reasons why we're in survival mode. We take on too much um, debt or we take on too many uh, obligations. And if you tell people ahead of time, then they can plan and they respect you. And it looks like you are taking this like a, you know, like an adult, you're taking the initiative. But when you come to people crying, when you come to people, um, you know, like from a very low vibrational state, it, 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 it puts them in a low vibrational state of like pity or any of those, like any low vibe experiences or emotions you you don't want people to help you from there because now they're looking at you from a low vibrational perspective and chances are you're not you're a high vibrational blessed and highly favored individual but you're in a, in a bad place and some of you may be in this bad place your entire life because this is all that you were known and all that you were shown from your family members but i'm telling you right now if you're someone that is trying to work to get out of survival mode you need to ask for help before it's too late um and, and when you are asking for help, come with confidence. Come, like know your issues. Like, okay, so I'm behind here or I have said yes to these things and I don't have the space to do them. I will in about a month or I can circle back to this, but sound like you have a game plan and sound confident because you're also showing yourself that you're confident that you can do this. But when we come with the, oh, I just need this and if someone could just do this and da, 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 what, it, what, it, what it's kind of communicating to yourself is that you are not capable of, of, of figuring out your own problems or you're not capable of getting this thing under wraps. You're not certain that you'll be able to do it. So kind of like why people don't like to give you money when you're having a hard time. I know this sounds crazy, but I noticed, I watched myself do it. There's a girl whose whole account, which makes me wonder if it's a scam. There's a girl who's added me as a friend. And then every day I see in her story, can someone just help me out? Me and my kids, food, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's like all she posts. 
So I'm like, well, how long is this going on for, right? And so it's, it's got me looking at her like some kind of way. And um, and I don't want to judge because I'm a single mom and I've had to have, I've had to be helped out more times than I would love to say, but it's the energy in which it comes at, right? It doesn't sound like someone who's like, okay, I, I've got this together. I'm organizing stuff, everything, blah, blah, blah. It, it's coming from a place of like, you know, pit and like just down and out and people are more likely to help you when it sounds like you have a plan and you aren't going to end up in the same situation again. You know, they say you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. Taking a horse to the water um, or just giving people money, right? Teaching a man to fish versus giving them the fish, right? I had a lady reach out to me and she was um, for a offer where she was requesting a refund, nothing on my part, just she's like, hey, I got some bills I have to cover. Are you able to refund it? And I felt so bad because that's just not part of the policy. And just at this point in time, it's been like at least a couple months since she paid. I'm like, that's, what are you, what? No. <laughs> but anywho, I, I messaged her, I was like, listen, that's not an option. But what we can do is I can get on the phone with you and I can discuss some ways that you can come up with additional income and start financial planning moving forward because I've had to go through the same process. I'm gonna show you what I did and we could do that. And she didn't respond. And I can remember being in that place where I would ask for help and people would just be wanting to show me how to manage my money better. Or I would ask for help and people would just be wanting to, you know, like get me sign up for stuff to help me for the future. And I didn't want that. I wanted them to just give me money now and fix my problems. But the problem is, and I've been talking about this so much on my social media lately, that it doesn't matter how much money you have if you don't know how to manage it. So if you're in survival mode for something like poor time management and poor money management, what you need to do right now, as painful as it is, is really start putting the things in place so that you can manage your time better and manage your money better, right? Because this is how you get out of survival mode. Because this is you thinking not, not, oh, I just got to get through this. It's when I get through this, this is now in place so that we don't have to go through this again and that I can finally learn what it is to thrive versus just survive. Okay. I had another point there for you guys. Oh, uh, there is an investing class that I was reluctant to take because my head was like, well, I'm not really in a state where I can drop stacks of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars right now, so I don't wanna do it. And I caught myself, I was like, that is the same type of thinking that keeps you or has kept you um, like at the bottom feeder level for so much of your life. You're not thinking about what happens when, you're just like, I gotta get through this year and I gotta get through this. And it's like, but thriving is setting yourself up for the future, putting a cushion for yourself for the future. And if we're not doing that, it's gonna make it extremely hard for you to, it's just gonna make it extremely hard for you to be able to, um, to have that abundance, to have, that ability to continue to grow and not be stuck in survival mode. So remember, we're planning for the future. Uh, my next tip for you, we're at one, two, three, we're at tip number four. Uh, I, I threw a bonus one in there, so we're probably at number five. Make peace with yourself and where you are. I don't mean settle, I don't mean sad, but you've gotta come, like, one of the things that we do is we disassociate and we leave our bodies so that we don't have to experience the pain, the humiliation, the frustration. And it's like, you have to sit in your shit so you can feel that frustration, that pain, that humiliation so that you can know what you never want to experience again. 
And when we bypass that through staying sleeping through the whole time or staying high or drunk through the whole time or watching TV or just uh, checking out, what happens is we don't get to feel that pain that would be the catalyst for us to start making the change. We don't feel that pain that would be the catalyst for us to start making change. And so you have to come to peace with where you are in your, in, you know, the shit so that you can actually do something about it moving forward versus just pretending it didn't happen. No, make peace with yourself when where you're at. This is what happened. Why? Because I didn't manage my time better. I said yes to everybody. I was a people pleaser. I didn't time block. I didn't have boundaries. Or this is where I am. I spent money going to brunches and, and investing in one-time events that didn't have residual effects afterwards. I didn't invest in myself. I invested in a, you know, a what, like I something that was temporary or I didn't manage my money well or I signed up for all these subscriptions or I didn't check my bank account. Um, yes, these are all things that I'm saying to myself minus the brunch thing. <laughs> but um, or or we started trying to live at a way that doesn't match us or where we're at. One of my friends was telling me about his daughter who's about 21 years old and she is a paralegal and she works in office with lawyers. And so because she's in the office of lawyers and they go out and they party and they go to fancy restaurants and they do all this stuff and she's trying to do it with them. And her dad's like, boo boo, these people are making six figures a year. You are not, what are you doing? And so sometimes social media has a really weird way of making us feel like we should be having those expensive brunches every single weekend or that we should be having them at all, that we should be having a life the the travel that everyone else has or whatever like i'm not i'm not knocking you for traveling i'm not knocking you for brunches or doing doing you but we do have to be real about where we're at you know if you're 27 years old and you've got a bunch of student loan debt if you're 36 years old and you got a bunch of student loan debt or you know like be real about where you are because you cannot fix what you will not face okay next up um make p or practice being present Again, when we're not present, we don't get to see all of the blessings in front of us. And so when, again, because you're in survival mode, your brain is just trying to survive. You're not thinking about what's next. You're not thinking about um, anything else other than I'm, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overworked, I'm tired, I'm stressed, I just got to get through the day. But when you can, and, and let's say you're asking for something from the universe or from God, like God, please send this or God, um, please, I'm going to use my example, right? God, send me more clients, send me more clients, send me more clients. And God is like, well... What are you doing with your current clients? Are you as connected with them as you used to be when you first started your business? Do you do this? Do you do that? Da -da -da. And because I had been so freaking busy, right? Everyone said, get out of your business. Don't, don't be working in your business. You're the CEO, work on your business. So I pulled myself away from the business and I wasn't really as um, intimate with my clients. And I'm praying, God, send more clients, send more clients. And God's like, well, what about the ones that you already have? And so some of us are praying for more of this and more of that in our lives. And God's like, well, what about what I've already given you? I gave you something and, and we know that what we appreciate, appreciate. So if you would appreciate the people that I've already sent to you, let them know, then yeah, I will give you more. And that was a lesson that I, I it took me so long to learn. And so some of us are praying for uh, better relationships in our lives, whether that's romantic or platonic. And God's like, or the universe is like, well, what have you done with what I've already given you? right? Maybe you have a child that you don't spend a lot of time with. And God's like, you want me to give you another human for you to neglect that other one some more? Moms, single moms looking for love. Um, 
jobs. Or I want a better job. I want a better this. And God's like, okay, well, you show up to work late all the time for this one. And you talk back to your manager. You're not this, this, and that. And you're always complaining about not making enough money and da, da, da. And always complaining. But yet, like, I've given you this job that would support you and sustain you. But because it's not what you wanted, you're complaining and you're not being grateful. So take a moment to be present with where you're at after you make peace with it. Be present. Open your eyes. Look at what's around you. Appreciate it, right? Whether it's verbally, but more through actions, appreciate it, right? And when we start that, that's when the doors open up for breakthrough. All right, next point, notice the cycles. Some of us go through cycles, right? And we never, we go through cycles and we don't notice them. And they just keep repeating. And you're like, why am I always here? And it's like, you're always here because you're not noticing this pattern. And the universe loves you so much that it's not going to let you sit in your shit like this. So these seasons come. This, oh, this is big. This is big. So I was asking God this in my most recent like spiral cycle survival mode. And I was like, why does this always happen to me? And, and then, you know, or what? I, I did that cry. And it's like, cause you're not learning. And I'm trying to teach you a lesson. I was like, yeah, but you always bail me out. And then the lesson comes back again. He's like, yeah, cause you didn't learn the lesson. Um, and I heard this very clear. It's like, I love you so much. And I need you to be grateful for these seasons because seasons don't last. Winter doesn't last, summer doesn't last, spring, fall, they all come around, right? And so luckily for you, these seasons don't last. And I can't watch you suffering this long. So whether you learn the lesson or not, the tide, it's time for the tide to change and for you to be back in a better season again. And once it's there, are you gonna remember these things? Are you going to remember to lighten your load and not take on more than you can chew? Are you going to remember to focus on your core needs? Are you going to remember to ask for help before ahead, before the shit hits the fan? Because that's planning for future abundance and future thriving. Are you making peace with where you are right now and not comparing yourself to other people who are further along than you, faster, prettier, smarter, stronger, more known, whatever, right? Making peace with where you are. Are you being present in the moment and appreciating everything that you've already been giving and showing gratitude for it? Because if so, then you will be in a better place to be able to notice the cycles and see them. And when you notice the cycles, you're able to keep yourself from repeating them. And then here's another practical tip for you. Unfollow accounts that make you feel inadequate. One of the things that, and I kind of jumped here, so sorry about that. I just, I realized how long this podcast is going. Um, unfollow accounts that make you feel inadequate. I was in survival mode in my business because every time I opened my my Instagram, I got 10 uniquely different messages about how I should be running my business from 10 very different perspectives, personalities, people who were light years ahead of me, people who were just a few steps ahead of me, people who had fitness businesses, people that had life coaching businesses, people that had courses, people that had passive income. And everyone was saying, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this, do this, quit this now, upgrade this, buy this. And so every single day, my heart was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this wrong. Oh my gosh, I need to start doing this. Oh my gosh. And it got so overwhelming that some of the people who I know like and trust I didn't want to hear from them anymore because I had way too many voices in my ear and it was stressing me out so I had to start unfollowing accounts right because I felt like I wasn't doing enough and that's one of the reasons why we stopped shame marketing because I want to one of my clients said something to me this past week and she said Bonnie the goalpost feels like it just keeps moving the goalpost just keeps feeling like it's moving how do I 
What do, what do I do in that situation? And it's like the goalpost seems like it keeps moving because you've got all these people that you're following and you're seeing them continue to grow and you're wondering why you're not growing with them. And you have to remember that progress isn't linear and that no two paths look the same and that what works for them doesn't necessarily work for you. But the goalpost only keeps moving because we keep looking outward instead of looking inward. Who's moving the goalpost, huh? I'm like, is it you, hun? We can't say it's the economy, right? Prices are always going up. Well, guess what? So is the pay. Prices are going up. Well, so are the opportunities for you to make passive income. And to, like this, this is a time unlike no other where anybody can become a millionaire. So if you feel like the goalpost keeps moving and that you're never good enough, right? You may need to start unfollowing some accounts that make you feel like you're never gonna get to where they are, okay? And then last but not least, this is one big, big chunk of everything. This is a spiritual side. Everything else was practical. This is spiritual. At the end of the day, what's really happening when we're in survival mode and we get stuck and we're panicking and we're stressed and we're worried? For me, it has come from a lack of faith. It has come from a lack of faith um, that the universe really does love me and that things are going to work out. So when I get into survival and panic state, what that means for me, that's a telltale sign that I have, I'm not remembering my faith. I'm not remembering the miracles that I've experienced. I'm not remembering whose daughter I am, the daughter of a king. I'm not remembering how special I am, that the universe, like, like just, I am loved and I am just so amazing, right? There's, there's a lack of faith and a lack of self-worth. Faith that God is on my side. Faith that everything is happening for me and not to me, right? And I start to spiral downward. And if this is you, I have a couple clients that are in survival mode and one thing that I notice is they don't have a very good connection with the universe with source energy with God and it is very hard for me to help coach someone around that aspect when they don't have that foundation because it's almost like I couldn't think of and this isn't true for everyone but think of an orphan who never knew their family never knew they were loved and did not get to have a family that raised them and knew they were loved that rejection wound, that abandonment wound is so deep within them that it, unless they do the therapy and the healing, it's going to roll over into every aspect of their lives. We're covering that on my self-healing summer series, the rejection wound. I just did this one yesterday. So I want you to think about how, if this is how we function, if this is how we, um, this is how we exist, um, you're not an orphan. But if you don't feel connected to God, if you don't feel that the universe is on your side, you probably feel like an orphan. You feel like you're out here on your own, having to make it happen. And that for me is very scary. Um, that's when I get into survival mode, when I forget that I have a God that loves me and I forget that there is limitless abundance and resources um, on my side, right? When I forget those, that's when I go into survival mode. So if you're a spiritual person and you found yourself in survival mode, I want you to ask yourself, where is my faith right now? Do I really feel that I am taken care of, that I'm loved and that everything happens in my favor? Guys, I'm gonna be real with you. I just went through, again, every summer, one of the roughest summers financially, emotionally, mentally. Like I just, I had, everything has hit the fan and it wasn't even like, the it wasn't even the worst financial situation. It was just a very um, humbling experience as a business owner to learn the ins and outs of finances and things that I didn't understand before. I couldn't run away from them anymore. I had to face them and figure them out. And um, I was stuck in this place of, I gotta figure this all out on my own. I gotta figure this out on my own. And, and the reason why I did the rejection series is because I realized that my whole life, one of my themes is I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone. My family doesn't love me or accept me like that. My friends think I'm weird because I'm too white or I'm too black. I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone. 
And so you may be feeling that same way. I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone. I'm doing this on my own. I gotta figure everything out, but you're not. I, I just wanna press upon you, you are not alone. You have, there is a God and forget religion, forget whatever your family has said to you that fucked you up in the head about God, forget whatever um, experiences that you've had that have just made you feel like God is not real. Like, I don't care how you see God. God is very much real. God can, you can call it source energy. You can call it the universe, but there is a God that is trying to give you everything that your heart desires but you're so busy trying to make it all happen on your own so that you can prove your self-worth to yourself in the world. But when we can slow down and rest in the fact that everything can be like, you're gonna have hardships. Those are called lessons so that you can become a better person. So you can be not worthy, but um, capable of attaining the amount of blessings that you're asking for, right? So those hard times are always gonna come. But when you don't feel that you are safe and supported, it is the worst feeling ever. And that's how you stay stuck in survival mode. Is because you don't feel safe, you don't feel supported, you don't know that someone's gonna be able to protect you, you don't know. And that is one of the worst feelings ever and that will keep you stuck in that feast or famine survival mode cycle. That is, um, ooh, I hope that that message hit somebody. And if you are someone who listened to this episode and you're like, wow, this really hit home, I would love to explore more on it. Or if you're someone listening to this episode and you're like, hey, you know what? Like I could really use some guidance on this stuff, this whole life, this whole navigating. I'm in a tough situation, I'm in a crisis and I'm not really sure how to navigate it. And I could use some mentoring or I could use that guidance as someone who's been there and understands it. Guys, I would love to discuss the possibility of what that looks like working together or at least just let you sort through some of your jank. So if you're listening to this and that is you, I want you to look in the show notes, click the link that says mindandbody.co slash Siobhan and see what options we have available. You know, whether that looks like working one-on-one -on -one together, whether that looks like us just setting up one breakthrough call, I would love to sort through some of this with you and help you get through at least this little hump of survival mode, right? Sometimes that's all it takes is just a call or just one session to, to work through some of this. On the other hand, if you're like, I'm going to try, I, I'm going to do this on my own. And I totally respect that. That's exactly why we made the self-healing summer series. And the links for all of these things are going to be in the show notes as well. <sighs> and last but not least, I feel like I'm leaving something off. We did the self, the self-healing summer. I uh, let you guys know that you could work with me one-on-one -on -one if you, or, or book a call, but I feel like I'm leaving something out. Don't you just love ADHD? Oh, yeah, no, it's gone. <laughs> Oh God, this is such a, a very personal episode and I really just hope that this that, that this lands in the ears of the right people. So I wanna thank you guys for showing up, listening, um, watching the replay, share this with people that need to hear it. Um, again, make sure that you get signed up for the Self-Healing Summer Series. It is a podcast, it's a secret YouTube playlist and a uh, super secret email list that I'll be sending out lessons to you, workbooks, meditations, and resources for you to work through this on your own. I love you guys to the moon and back. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, until next time, peace. Welcome to the Boss Life with Bonds podcast. I'm your host, Coach Bonnie, and I'm here to help you level up your mindset, your lifestyle, your career or business all the way up. That starts with your mind and your willingness to embody the most evolved and most expansive version of yourself. Each episode, I'll be diving into the topics you've been avoiding or that you didn't even know needed to be addressed. 
the topics that have created belief systems that have kept you stuck and that no longer serve you. I'm here to call you out on your BS so you can create a new mindset, a new vision, and ultimately a new life where you are the boss. Let's dive in.